0: have a Bible or can get near one, and there are some scattered around the room, underneath the chairs. Would you please join me in the book of Revelation? Revelation chapter 2, spending the first part of our uh, summer in these messages, sent by Jesus uh, to His church. We're finding that these particular churches are also representative ones of of us, of tendencies in Christ's church throughout the ages. And so would you join me now in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And I'll read to the end of the chapter. Hear now the word of the Lord. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love, and faith, and service, and patient endurance, and that your latter works have exceeded the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he... Who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira. Who do not hold this teaching. Who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end. To Him I will give authority over the nations, and He will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give Him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Father, yes, would you give us ears now, trusting that you have not only given us your word, but you have given us your spirit who speaks to us, who works in us through this word. Would you bring us with humility to what he says here, even when it is challenging, even when it is difficult to hear? Would you help us to receive it, to hold fast? To this message that you have given to us. That we may remain faithful. That we may conquer. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Adam Roberts is a British author. And also a university professor. And he specializes in the genres of science fiction and fantasy. And I read an article by him a while back, and he's talking about why we are attracted to those types of stories. I think he was talking about specifically the Harry Potter books. Why do we love stories like that? And one of the reasons he gives is he says that we love those stories because we all want to be kings in disguise. We all want to be kings. In disguise. We all want a uniqueness. Beyond what is ordinary. We all want to be special. We all want to be significant. And that longing leads us not only to stories and movies and books. But it also leads us to religion. It also leads us to spirituality. And while that is not a bad desire, the longing for significance, it can lead us away from Jesus and from faithfulness to him. That's what I think is happening in the church at Thyatira as Jesus speaks to them. This was a great church in many ways. It was well-rounded, well-balanced Love and faith and service and endurance. They were doing a lot of things really, really well. But there is a teacher in their midst, a leader, who is saying, that's all good, but you can have something more. You can go beyond that. You can be more special than that. You can have a significance that those things, those practices, that life can't give you. And some of the people in this congregation were listening to her, were following her, and the rest of this congregation was letting it happen. Turning a blind eye, ignoring this drift away from Jesus and what he is. And can't you understand the attraction of that message? Can you feel the the pull of that? Here is something. Here's an idea. Here's a practice that will make you special. Can not you understand the attraction of that? Well, in Jesus' response to this church, I, I think we can see him doing two things with our desire for significance. He exposes false significance, and he offers true significance. Let's consider both of those together. First of all, false significance. The book of Revelation often brings back the major villains of the Old Testament, the big bads of the Old Testament, and our text is no exception. This false teacher, this dangerous leader, is called Jezebel. Now, that was not her real name. That is a symbolic title that is connecting her to that powerful figure from the Old Testament. Jezebel was the daughter of the Sidonian king. And her dad wasn't only a king, he was also a priest. He was an aggressive and passionate promoter of his gods. In particular, the god Baal which was a rain, a storm deity, and the goddess Asherah, uh, who was uh, thought to be a fertility deity. And he passionately promoted the worship of these gods, not only in his own people, but he wanted to promote it around the world. And there was another king, King Ahab. And and King Ahab, he he ruled over the northern part of Israel, which was split into two nations at this time. And so he was supposed to be leading God's people to true worship of God. But in an effort to up his profile geopolitically, Ahab marries Jezebel, the daughter of the Sidonian king, in order to create an alliance With this king to make him more powerful, to give him more status in the world, and it worked. Politically, it worked. Ahab and Jezebel, for a time, were the power couple in the politics of the ancient Near East. They were powerful, they were famous, they were wealthy. But here's what else happened. That move by Ahab further moved him and further moved God's people away from God and into idolatry. In fact, the book of 1 Kings says that Ahab did more evil than all of the kings who came before him. Which, if you've read those stories, is bad. That's a lot. That's a lot of evil. Jezebel brought her father's mission to the people of God. She she employed and fed and supported hundreds, over 800 priests and prophets for Baal and Asherah. She oversaw the slaughter of priests and prophets who were faithful to the true God. And in the end, these actions brought God's judgment on his people. All of this ended in disaster. In the northern kingdom being destroyed and the people being exiled around the world. All because Ahab married the wrong person. Or rather, because Ahab married for the wrong reason. In his desire for status, in his desire for privilege, he went outside of God. He went outside of the worship of God. He went outside of the law of God in order to get those things that his heart desired. God had said to his people, don't marry people. Who worship idols. Because they're going to lead you to do the same. But Ahab wanted more. He wanted to be more significant than he was. He wanted to have more power than he had. And Jezebel was that opportunity. Jezebel was that possibility. And Jesus says to his church, his church in Thyatira and his church in Tallahassee, Jezebel is still active. Jezebel is still active. It is still possible for you to marry your life to something that offers you significance. Something that offers you worth. Something that offers you value and status, but draws you outside of God and His design for you. It is still possible to betray the primary love and loyalty that you should have for God while pursuing significance for yourself. Jezebel is still active. In Thyatira, most likely this woman was peddling some sort of mystery cult. These groups were really popular at that time, and they were the we-are-spiritual-but-not-religious crowd of the Roman world. They, they cobbled together pieces of different religions. They created their own rituals. They operated outside of the religious institutions. And they said, you know what? We have found a secret. We have found the secret to life. We have found the secret to God, to the divine that no one has ever heard of. No one has discovered this before. So so come and do our rituals. Come and learn our teachings, and you will have a deeper experience of the divine. So most likely, Jezebel was saying to this church, hey, your worship is good. Your teachings are good. But I can give you more. I can give you greater access to spiritual power. I can lead you to a higher plane. I can bring you greater enlightenment. And Jezebel is still active today. Do you know why fireflies glow? For some species, uh, fireflies glow in order to warn away predators and attract mates. But there is one species of firefly, and in this species, the females imitate the light of other species. And when the males inevitably show up, the female eats the male alive. (laughs) That is the light of significance apart from God. And apart from His design for you. His design for us. That's the glow, the attraction that is deceptive. The promise of greatness that because it rejects God's design, in the end degrades us. And destroys us. So what is that for us? What are those attractive but deceptive glows for us? Sexual immorality is mentioned in this text and in the text from last week. There's an attractive but deceptive glow. Sexuality in our culture, as in this culture, isn't just about Pleasure, it's also about status. It is about worth. It is about attention. In a, when people have affairs, and you ask them, why did you do that? The most common answer is, that other person made me Feel special. Made me feel special. That's the deceptive glow of significance apart from God's design. And that attraction is not only with the practice of sexual immorality, it is with the acceptance of sexual immorality and treating it as if it is not outside of God's design for us in the church. So hear the warning of Jesus. Hear Him warning us against those fireflies that will consume us. But it, that's not the only lie. There are others. There are other messages, even ones that claim to be spiritual, even ones that claim to be Christian, that say to you, you can have a higher enlightenment. You can have a deeper experience of the divine. That what Jesus has given to his church, the practices and the teachings, those are good, but we found a secret. We found something more. You can go beyond what you have in Jesus. So will you hear the warning of Jesus for that glow that pulls you, that leads us to pursue our own significance outside of the design of God for us? But how do we resist that? If you pay attention to this, this seems irresistible. This seems difficult to identify and push against. So how do we resist? Well, how do you resist a lie? You resist a lie with the truth, right? And so notice Jesus not only exposes false significance, but he also gives true significance. He offers true significance. In the Old Testament, when Jezebel shows up, someone else also appears on the scene. Elijah. Elijah, this powerful prophet of God who confronts Ahab and Jezebel, confronts idolatry, says, no, we, will, we should not do that. We should worship the true God. And one of the most memorable moments of Elijah's life, he challenges the 450 prophets of Baal, to a duel. He challenges them to a sacrificial duel. He says, you offer sacrifices, and then I'll offer sacrifices, and then we're going to ask the question, who can bring the fire? Who can bring the fire to consume those sacrifices? And that will prove who is the true God and who is the true prophet. And of course, Elijah wins the duel with a simple prayer to God fire falls from heaven and consumes the sacrifice. Jesus is the Elijah to the Jezebel at Thyatira and in our lives. Jesus is the Elijah to Jezebel. He comes with fire. Right? Verse 18. His eyes are burning. They are flames that search the minds and the hearts of all peoples, He comes with fire from heaven. He, he comes with bronze feet that are, that are sh- strong enough to enact God's justice. And how is bronze made strong? Chapter 1 verse 15 says this bronze of His feet is refined in the furnace. Jesus is fire from heaven in response to this false promise of significance. And his fire is catastrophic for those who resist him, for those who will not listen, for those who will not trust him. But that's not all. His fire is not only catastrophic, it is also transformative. For those who will listen, for those who will repent, for those who will turn and believe and receive what he says and what he does, his fire is transformative. For those who will receive his work and his words, Jesus is like a welder. He is like a welder. He brings the flame, not of destruction, but of creation. His fire becomes creative. It comes rep- reparative, restorative. And what does he create? The fire of heaven. What does he create? What does he transform? Verses 26 and 27. He says to those who remain faithful, I will give you authority. I will give you, I will make you to rule over over the nations, with a rod. That language is from Psalm 2. And Psalm 2 is usually heard as a song about the Messiah, the Son of God, the promised King from heaven. But Jesus, that promised King, makes that song about us. He makes that song about ruling over the nations, representing God's kingdom about us. And then he says, I will give you the morning star. Now that is language from an old friend of ours, an old friend from last week, Balaam. You remember Balaam? He was this man, this prophet, this priest who attempted to pronounce a curse on God's people, but whenever he opened his mouth, he couldn't speak curse. He could only speak blessing. And part of that blessing was a promise. The promise of a star that would come from Jacob, that would come from God's people. And that promise is usually heard as a promise about the Messiah about the Son of God, about the King who would bring the kingdom of God. But Jesus, the promised King, takes that promise and makes it about us. You see, the fire from heaven sets our lives ablaze with the beauty and the power of God and His kingdom. So do you see what Jesus has done? He has made us kings in disguise. He has made us royal. He has given to us an eternal, lasting significance. That is the work of His Fire in the lives of those who will receive His Word, who will believe His Word, who will repent, turn from their pursuit of false significance, and trust that His fire works in us a true and lasting worth, beauty, value, unmatched, And with that, will you please notice the repetition of the word give. I will give you authority. I will give you the morning star. See, this is a status that we can't manufacture. This is a status that we can't earn, that we can't attain, that we cannot accomplish. This is a status given to us that's why jesus says and this is so beautiful and this is so freeing he says to those who haven't listened to jezebel he says i put no other burden i put no other burden on you i'm not going to make you go out and learn something extra special and new I'm not going to go up, make you go out and do some extra special work on my behalf. I put no other burden on you. The love, the faith, the service, the endurance that is already there as a result of the gospel. You see, significance isn't the result of knowledge. It is not some super special learning. Is the result of being known by the one who has eyes of fire. Significance comes not by doing some amazing deed or manufacturing some incredible experience, it comes from receiving the work who has feet of bronze, the one who can bring the kingdom of God, into our lives and into this world. That's true significance. It is what he says, what he has done, is doing, and will do. Now the completion of that work, it is in the future. The fullness of our authority, the fullness of our lives shining with the beauty and glory of God, that is, the completion of that is in the future, but the continuation of that is right now. Because it's Pentecost Sunday. Because fire has fallen from heaven. What did it look like when Jesus poured out His Spirit on His church? Tongues of flame. So that we can understand and proclaim the gospel message. Fire from heaven has fallen. And so will you listen to what the Spirit says? Will you listen to what the Spirit says to the churches? Will you listen to what the Spirit says about who you are, what your true significance is because of what Jesus has done? Because of who he is? Will you look away from all of those lying lights? And will you allow the Spirit, as we'll sing in a moment, to convince you of your sin? And lead to Jesus' blood. To take your wandering view. And to reveal the secret love of God. Will you attend to the Spirit as He ministers in the church through His Word. To turn you away from those lying lights. To the burning gaze of Jesus. It makes you a king in the skies. Let's pray.